Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Paul Sacco, author of Strategy Quest, the Executive Guide for Finding Business Opportunities. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. In his role as president of Profita Lucro Management Consultants, Paul Sacco develops and delivers leadership development programs that enable people to create, verify, and decide ideas for strategy, innovation, and complex problem solving. Paul is a graduate of the University of Toronto, where he earned both a BA in science and an MBA. He's also a certified MBTI practitioner. Paul's volunteer experience includes mentoring MBA students and participating as a director on nonprofit boards. Residing in Calgary, Alberta, Paul and his wife Julie enjoy golf, music, tropical vacations, theater, and hiking with their dog Callie. To learn more about Paul Sacco and his work, Visit paulsacco.com and profitalucro.com. Well, hi, Paul. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Get us started by telling us a little bit about your book. What is Strategy Quest all about? Strategy Quest is a new way for executives to improve the competitive position of their businesses by enabling their strategic mindset to find truly strategic business opportunities. Mm. So what motivated you to actually sit down and write a book about this? There are three reasons, Sherry. (laughs) Um, First, I was interested in strategy before I even knew what the word meant. (laughs) (laughs) As a kid, I was always finding ways to win at whatever game or sport I was playing. And I guess I was being strategic. And then as an adult in the business world, I seemed to be one of the few people coming up with ideas uh, to help my business win. And this really kind of perplexed me because... We were being very well incentivized to do this, to find these business opportunities. Mm. So I wanted to find out why that was happening and share the answer. Finally, I thought the business schools were doing a terrible job at teaching strategy. So I wanted to find a better way. Business schools all follow the left brain analytical approach of the Harvard Business School. Yet I know from my experience that strategy begins with a vision for creating a new future. That requires the creative right brain rather than the analytical left brain. Mm. It's funny how we tend to jump on the latest bandwagon. Yes. When it, uh, and we can never win doing that. We can only hope to keep up. And hopefully the pie is big enough for everyone, but often it's not. What is the biggest issue facing executives when it comes to finding business opportunities? Well, I think the biggest issue is that they really don't understand what strategy is and how to go about finding strategic opportunities. So as a result, they follow business trends or focus on tactical improvements or cost reductions, and they call it strategy. Some of these things are necessary and make the business more efficient and maybe keep them in the game and keep them surviving, but they're not usually done in a strategic way. So to be strategic, an opportunity has to meet certain criteria, such as it has to be unique, have a moderate degree of risk, have sufficient size, meet the return on investment expectations of shareholders, and increase both revenue and cash flow. Also, as you know, there's classic examples we've had through time where people do things that are supposedly strategic but result in reputational damage, and we don't want that either. Yeah. So what is actually a strategic mindset? 
A strategic mindset is one that uses the right side of the brain to create a strategic vision that I just alluded to mm -hmm. and a concept, a strategic concept also. And then the left brain to decide if the concept is a strategic opportunity, as I just described. Now, there's a section of your book which you reference the Myers-Briggs type indicator test. And I remember taking that test years ago, back when I was in the corporate world. And I wonder if I changed. I should take it again and see. <laughs> well, you, don't, you don't really change okay. um, your, your preferences, but we do learn to adapt. So as you get old like me, <laughs> you kind of do learn the ways of other types. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so as it relates to the work you do, yeah. what is the significance of one's type? I think when it comes to strategy, there's really different types of managers. And I just noticed that different Myers-Briggs personality types tend to have certain ways of behaving and, and not all those ways are strategic. So for example, some people are more uh, risk averse, managerial, tactical types. And sometimes they're put in charge of strategy. Well, then strategy ends up looking like operational excellence. Mm. And some people are very entrepreneurial, like Elon Musk, right? And they're very creative and they're risk takers, right? Mm -hmm. But then in between those two, you have personality types, the INTJ and the ENTJ that are more strategic. They can create ideas and determine whether they are realistic and whether they have a moderate degree of risk. And that's what strategy is about. You need a moderate degree of risk while creating something new. So a lot of the personality types relate to our ability to create ideas and determine their level of risk. And do you talk about all of the types in your book? I talk about the four personality types that seem to dominate the executive ranks. Mm. Uh, about two thirds of all managers are represented by four of the 16 personality types. Oh, wow. And those are all the types that end in TJ, <laughs> the ISTJ, the ESTJ, the ENTJ, and the INTJ. Okay. Yeah. So I focus on that just because it, the yeah. most managers and leaders are those types. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think I'm an ISFJ. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't mean you can't use what's in the book. I couldn't possibly cover all 16 types in the book. It, so I just use those as an example of how okay. um, risk is spread over those types and creativity is spread over those types. Yeah. You kind of mentioned it, but it is possible to motivate people to be strategic when it isn't in their nature. Yeah. I think if you're an executive and you read my book and buy into it, you'll come to recognize your own biases with respect to risk and creativity. And I don't think you're going to have any choice, but to try to find your strategic mindset. And the best motivator for executives is to really focus on something tangible that can prompt you to try to be more strategic. And for the businesses, that's, you know, how does my business stack up against its competitors? Mm -hmm. I think I tend to confuse strategy with creativity, but it, but they are kind of the same. Yeah, I think you have to be creative because, you know, uh, strategy is about doing something different and new. So that requires creativity. You know, I didn't even recognize that in myself that I was a creative person because, you know, when you think of creativity, you tend to think of creative people like artists and Right. And actors and performers. But no, I think uh, it's it's just as important in business for strategy and innovation. Yeah, that Anytime makes sense. Anytime you need to do something new and different, sometimes even solving problems. 
requires a creative approach. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you're right. We just we tend to think of okay, the artist, the starving artists, and the you know musicians and such. Now you present a really interesting case study or two case studies on Sears and Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell us what happened? Yeah, sure. I just thought it was really interesting watching Sears kind of fail over time while Amazon kind of rose over time, grew over time. Uh, yet Sears, with their mail order business, was well positioned for e-commerce. Yet they closed their mail order business kind of at the same time Amazon was starting up an e-commerce business. So they were kind of stuck in the status quo. In my book, I talk about how their leadership had a very tactical risk averse mindset, not very creative. So they just stuck to their current plan and tried to make things better. And mm. when that didn't work, they just tried to reduce costs by closing stores and they called that strategy. Mm. Well, eventually they ended up with hardly any stores and went bankrupt. I just think if they had been more strategic, had more strategic leadership, we might be talking about Sears as being one of the most valuable companies in the world rather than Amazon. Yeah, that is so crazy because I remember, um, well, I don't remember getting the catalog, but I, I remember finding a catalog. It must have been passed down like from my grandmother or something, but it was a Sears catalog and it was, I mean, you could buy houses in that thing, you know? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and now you can do the same thing on Amazon. Yeah, I see tiny houses for sale on Amazon. <laughs> yes. You know, you're absolutely right. And Sears started because when the West opened up the end of the 19th century, um, people needed things out West. So they had to order them by mail because there weren't stores in the, in the wild West. Right. So yeah. they had the natural logistics and distribution for e-commerce, but decided to kill the mail order business. That's crazy. Just not being able maybe to think outside the box. I know some people get stuck in the, well, we've always done it this way. And, you know, so it's, it's hard. I know change is hard. But it is hard for sure. You know, most people in it, you know, even lottery winners, right? They can't envision what they're going to do with the money. And they talk about, oh, I'm going to get new tires for my truck or I'm going to pay off my mortgage. And uh, they have no concept of even how they're going to uh, use all that money and, and adopt to that change. It's a huge change for them, too. Yeah. So did Amazon, do you think that they used Sears's model? No, I'm not even sure that they did. I just think they had this idea of an online bookstore and uh, mm. that's how they started. And uh, they wanted to be the world's biggest bookstore. And then because they, you know, Jeff Bezos was able to adapt, he thought, well, we developed this business model. We can sell more than books. And that's how they expanded. Yeah, that's right. It did start. I should know that. It did start with books. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't really the first company to start selling things online. Not at all, no. Amazon definitely was not, but they just had a better business model. And early on, they were very good about recognizing things that needed to improve in their business. For example, they started off with a drop ship model. They just took the orders and passed them on to the suppliers. Mm. Then they realized, well, that's great, but if the suppliers don't deliver things on time... And we're kind of stuck in the middle here with the customer and we can't really resolve their problem. So then they opened up their own warehouses mm -hmm. and took control of all the shipping and distribution. Yeah. It's an interesting comparison for sure that between the two companies. So you've developed a unique method for finding and selecting strategic opportunities. Does Strategy Quest provide 
specific steps to follow? And is there a recommended way to read and go through the material in your book? Yeah, I think Strategy Quest, I, I tried to make it as user-friendly as possible, even though it's a very complex subject. And mm. there's a lot of concepts in my book and a lot of stuff to unpack in it, but it does provide a step-by-step -step method for finding strategic opportunities. And so I think it's good to, to use it as you go along through your strategy quest. Read the section on how to develop a strategic vision and then go and develop a strategic vision. And then once you have that vision, read the section on how to develop a strategic concept. And once you have that concept, then read about how to decide if that concept is an opportunity. I think it's, you know, kind of use it as you go. That's the best way to use it. Yeah. Would all companies benefit from your book, like from small to large scale businesses? I actually think any company could use my book, small or large, any size. I think probably the best benefit would be from large companies because they tend to be the ones that find it harder to change something. And so they really need to understand what strategy is and how to develop strategy. And one thing I advocate in my book is that you should have as many people involved in a strategy quest in a business. Don't just leave it up to the executives and the CEO to find strategic opportunities. Engage as many managers and leaders in the company as possible because the more ideas you create, the more likely one is to be a winner. Mm. You know, the, uh, Shakespeare wrote hundreds of plays. We consider him the greatest, you know, playwright of all time, but really there's only a handful of plays that were truly memorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, managers have more latitude. Managers and leaders have a lot more latitude because they're not as hands-on in big companies to, to actually do what they want. And if they decide that they want to focus on finding strategic opportunities, they have the ability to do that. Yeah. I know with our business, Reader Views, I'm always looking for ways to do things differently uh, because the publishing industry changes daily, you know? Yes. And so, yeah. you know, I don't want to do the same old thing that we're doing every year. And that's a challenge for me to think outside the box like that. It yeah. is hard. I found this myself and I consider myself a strategic thinker, but when you're working in a business, you have operational things to do that require our immediate focus. Mm -hmm. And it takes a deliberate effort to set aside some time and say, you know what, I'm going to focus on strategy, right? When I was working in the corporate world, I would usually spend Friday afternoons. I would plan what I'm going to do next week. And then I'd start to think outside the box. I would start to think strategically and, and just lock myself in the office and, and go to my whiteboard and start writing down ideas and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to schedule it because otherwise you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, it's five o'clock already or, you know, whenever your quitting time is and it just doesn't get done. Absolutely. The thing you have to recognize too is that these strategic visions that we are trying to create, they take place in your brain over time. It's not the same as brainstorming because it's a lot more complex. A vision is actually intangible. When you're brainstorming, you're trying to create tangible things, mm. tangible ideas. A vision is intangible. You have to let them incubate in your mind over time. And then all of a sudden, one day, voila, you know, oh. <laughs> epiphany. Uh, you'll have your aha moment. And it's like, I know what I need to do. Okay. But you have to keep priming that in your quest, your strategy quest. You need to keep exploring for information and that'll contribute to that vision. So that takes a little bit of dedication to, you know, to dedicate that time to doing that. Whereas, you know, some personality types, they're just very task oriented, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all about how many tasks did I complete today and, and tangible tasks and, and working on a vision doesn't 
necessarily produce tangible result, right? And so it does take an effort to set outside that time and, and just explore for information that might contribute to that vision. Okay. So that could look like research even, or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Or talking to your customers and what problems are they having? What Seeing things and seeing how your operation works and going, well, why do we do it that way? Why do we do it that way? That doesn't look like it's convenient for a customer or that kind of thing. Get out in, in the field and see what's going on with your customers. And Because I honestly believe that your vision should be about how to better serve your customers. Mm -hmm. And that's what strategy sh should be about is how do I better serve my customers? And if you end up with a concept that tends to make you more competitive out of that, that's great. Yeah. I'm curious about the timing of things because Strategy Quest came out in June of 2020 when I know where I am, uh, we were in lockdown and, and much of the world probably was at that point. Has the pandemic and then the subsequent uh, great resignation had any impact on your business or your method of doing things? It definitely impacted my business. Uh, the timing was not great for publishing a book yeah. because it was very hard to promote a book and that, but I don't think it really changed anything about my method. I did recognize though that the lockdown did provide an example of how people could get creative to operate their business and continue to serve their customers. Mm. And quite often we have that creative ability, but we don't use it until we have a tangible problem. Right. And so... I think if people recognize, hey, we were creative here, we can do this. But the thing with strategy is you can't wait for a tangible problem. You have to be proactive. Strategy is proactive. So you have to recognize that we can act without a tangible problem. We can be creative without a tangible problem. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this many times in my business where people are so reluctant to change, then it takes some kind of crisis for them to get creative. Yeah. So to that extent, problems can become opportunities for strategy, right? And I think that the lockdown and the great resignation maybe presented opportunities there. Yeah. To me, it seems like it's created a whole new way of doing business. For, yeah. Yes. So tell us about your company, Profeta Lucro Management Consultants. Sure. I provide leadership training and, and development based on personality type. So areas that I train in are all related to strategy because it's meant to support the stuff that's in Strategy Quest. For example, if you're deciding on strategic opportunities, you really have to know how to collaborate. And sometimes, you know, if you're a thinker and I'm a feeler, we can have trouble collaborating. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm an intuitive and you're a sensor, you might see my creating visions as a total waste of time kind of thing. So if I can help people understand how their biases impact their ability to, to innovate or be strategic and work together to enable your strategy quest or the strategy quest of a business, then that's what I'm trying to support. And I'm developing courses to do that. Okay. And so your book, Strategy Quest, how does it work with your company? Do they go hand in hand or how much of what you do through your consulting company can people glean from reading and working through your book? Well, I really tried to write Strategy Quest as a standalone manual or guide, but mm. there's so much to unpack in it that I think People need help both learning and adopting their non-preferred behaviors that might be required to find your strategic mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, so through Profeta Lucro, I can mentor, guide, and motivate executives along their strategy quest. And you said you're developing courses right yes. now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Courses are a big thing right now, too. Yeah, online courses, for sure. For yeah, sure. I want to try and do them 
as much as possible online standalone type things because I have a unique offering here I mm -hmm. believe I need to reach as many people as I can and I can't do that if I'm traveling all over the country absolutely yeah you have a much bigger audience I've got to go back and read your book. I think me and my business partner are opposites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so somehow we've made it work, but you've inspired me again. It's good to have different types, although you have to recognize that and be able to accept that that person might perceive things differently or might decide differently, you know? And I think if you've ever read Now Discover Your Strengths, um, mm -hmm. or did the Strength Finders test, if I remember correctly, one of the things they, they emphasize in there is you should try to hire people that compensate for your weaknesses <laughs> right and uh so you know i remember hiring people that were different than me because maybe i'm a thinker I'm, i make extroverted thinking decisions and so uh, but i recognized that you know what i needed to think of the people more often too so i hired a guy that worked under me that was more of a feeling type person right mm -hmm. so because I, I needed to make sure that things that i were going to do <laughs> you know <laughs> i needed a people perspective on that right Right. And yeah, that makes sense of why we do work together, my partner and I, because, you know, she does that and she does the things I like. I don't like to do and I do the things she doesn't like to do. So that kind of works out, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So what's next for you? Do you think you'll write another book on the subject or maybe something else? I might expand my book. I don't think I'll write another book. It was incredibly, I can't believe how hard it is to write a book. It's hard. It's, it's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> what part uh, was hard for you? What it was, was it? the actual writing because I was started from scratch with strategy and I had to figure out, well, what is strategy and why are some people strategic and some people strategic and some people not. And then I landed on the Myers-Briggs stuff. I had to learn all about that. And through that process, I became a certified MBTI practitioner and, and that incredible amount of research. And then, you know, they say that, I think it was Hemingway that said, writing is rewriting. Mm -hmm. And um, I must have rewrote this book a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exhausting. It really is. So I don't know, maybe I'll do a podcast. <laughs> mm, strategy yeah. or business podcast i think I, I, that's hard too no, don't get me wrong but at least you can do it in little chunks you don't have to like you know it took me three years to produce strategy quest yeah <laughs> i'd like to see the results in a shorter time frames <laughs> absolutely no i have the utmost respect for authors i know how hard it is but i think a podcast would be great for your work too yeah i, I think so also so I, i'm considering yeah. that i've I've done a few uh, YouTube videos, just teaching people about Myers-Briggs and, and the, the cognitive functions, the Jungian cognitive functions that the personality types are based upon. Mm -hmm. And that was good for me just to sort of entrench my own learning about the cognitive functions and as a basis for developing further videos about strategy or about business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul, is there anything else you wanted to add today? Just my thanks for the opportunity to be on your show, and I really enjoyed being on the show. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us today and, and for sharing a little bit about yourself and your work. Great. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Paul Sacco, author of Strategy Quest, the executive guide for finding business opportunities. To learn more about Paul Sacco and his work, visit paulsacco.com and profitalucro.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com.